We are recording. All right, we're live. All right, so uh, this is uh, my first episode of my first podcast with my uh, good friend Kyle Tran here. And Thank you for having me, Doug. So we're, uh, we're going to be awkward and uh, we're going to be great, but we're live. So here we go. In all of its gloriousness. So welcome to the first episode of Covered Shift Podcast. Um, I'm here with Kyle Tran. And we're going to talk about bartending, um, how he got his start, what is what are his motivations, and um, we'll just get started with uh, what got you into bartending. To be completely honest, I just needed money, man. Like yeah. it's, there was there was no other motivation to it. Uh, I was in college. I was, you know, I was on scholarship, but I, I still needed money to. Sco- uh, scholarship to for what? I went to school for, to play football. Oh wow! You know, um, what position? I was a cornerback. Nice. Uh, did pretty well at that, uh, but you know I still needed to make some money. So there was a dive bar down the street that uh, needed a dishwasher. Uh, so you know, right. that's it's easy work. So did you have any skills at restaurants beforehand? Oh yeah, and, um, my family's always uh, owned restaurants. Uh, okay. My uncle always had a restaurant that we would go to every weekend. You know, my brother and I, you know, worked mostly. My brother, I, I didn't really like working in. Yeah. In high school, I, had, I was too focused on sports. Right. Um, but, you know, I was always in and out of that restaurant. You know, you walk through the kitchen, you know, you know everybody that works there. So you see what their, what, so you had what their jobs are. Yeah. You know. So, like, getting this job was just like, all right, I'm just going to get some like, money on the side. Like, oh, this, this is easy. You know, yeah. this, this guy will make, uh, you know, at the time it was like seven bucks an hour. Cool. And I was like, you know, that's, that's better than nothing. Uh, but, you know, once you get into these environments, it, Every little bar or restaurant is its own little community, uh, and you see opportunities within it. And eventually, I started, uh, you know, helping go out and clear tables, right. you know, take out the trash, you know, carry kegs, refill bottles, and you know, just progressed into right. being this uh, kind of a bar back role. But so you know, I was seventeen, eighteen years old, right. so it wasn't technically. So you couldn't bartend technically. No, yet, no. Anyway. So I, you know, I did that. Pretty much all through college, like off and on, you know, they would call me once or twice a week. Where did you, know, you go to college? Yeah. I went to SUNY Maritime in the Bronx. Okay, wow. Yeah, that was, I was a little, little bit of a departure, but yeah. I just needed to get away from home, just get as far away as I could. So know. where were you coming from originally then? Um, so I grew up here in the Bay, right. um, but for high school, you know, I was a pretty troubled kid. Um, my mom just wanted to get me out of that, you know, she right. didn't want me to get, like, she didn't want me involved in, you know, just... So yeah, the, the, the type of shit that happens out here, man. So you had sports in high school that took you to college. Yeah. And then you need to make some money on yeah, side. That, that was a good thing about going to school in Florida. That's where she sent me. Right. You know, the, uh, it was, it was, number one, it was a good high school, but it was one of the best, uh, you know, football programs in the, in the state. Um, so I played for, you know, a really top uh, 6A high school football. Wow. I mean, if you know anything about Florida high school football, it's man. It's real. Like, it's, it's real. It's, you know, real. it's the best high school football in this country, so. You know, every day I was lining up against like current NFL players. Right. Wow. So like uh, any any ones we know? Uh yeah. Uh I mean here in the Bay, Ray Ray Armstrong, you know, I played against him for three straight years. Wow. Blake Bortles, you know, you yeah. saw him in the Super Bowl. Like I played against him for like many years. That's like, crazy. You know, these are these are big names that we were going wow. up against. Yeah. So that so worked worked there, you played football but you need to make some money on the side, so that took you to the the job that you were at, the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, so I just did that for, uh, you know, it, it was nothing I really thought about. I didn't really right. care about it. You know, I was still playing football. I'd just pick up some extra money that I would go spend on, you know, so on, on some bullshit. what led to your first bartending gig? So it was actually a Thursday night. Right. Um, 
the bartender just uh, no called no showed. Right. And like, you were ready. Like, they're like, yo, who who can work? And I was just like, I it definitely wasn't me. Right. Definitely wasn't me. I was. Uh, Did you have any anxiety at that point, or were you? Oh, just yeah, I was. I was shitting bricks. I was like, right. yo, I can't. I can't do that. I've, one thing I. I, I I was able to do was pretend that you right. know, like uh, like dude this is your opportunity right now like, right so you felt it you felt because I saw the, I saw the money that uh, these bartenders made and uh, another thing that I saw that I really envied was uh, you know their ability to just hold court like these guys like you know, even back then like we weren't doing cocktails it was a it was a right. dive bar right. you know? it was like we were doing shots and beers but even then the bartenders were these larger than life personalities yeah that you know I, I wanted to try to be like um, so that first day behind the bar I just pretend like. Like oh just just pretend like you know no, what you're doing. doing. So what's the drink that you got where you're like shook? Like was it like a whiskey coke or? <laughs> yeah, I mean nice? no, it, it, everything was uh, was and drinks. It was right. just Jack and Coke, right. uh, so you know, Jameson good. Ginger, and for a bottle position, were you already aware where stuff was at anyway, Hell no. or did you already know how to work the register or Hell was no. like so? Hell no, you know, for being there uh, off and on. Uh, so you already working how many months already as a bar back? No, this was this was like a year or two. So you were a year in, and you were like yeah. just doing your work. I didn't, like, I didn't pay attention. Pay attention, right? I didn't yeah. know how to pay attention to anything. Right. I was just, I, I, I got to come in. I got to work this shift from right. You know, five to ten or whatever. Did and you even get, in, get out? Did you even care? Like at some point, all right, I'm gonna be a bar. I'm gonna Hell be a bartender. No. Like no. I'm just gonna. No, it was it was always this idea I threw around my head. Like, it's like yo, when I when I turn 21, you know, like I'll yeah. I'll still be in school. Right. I could probably. Uh, you know, th- this was a time where I still thought that I was gonna make it to the NFL. Right. Like, Five foot seven, hundred and seventy yeah. pounds. Yeah, you know, that that shit didn't turn, didn't pan out. So, uh, so except for today, right? Except for today. So it played out. So, so it played out. What we're talking about is uh, we were in this Kettle One uh, sponsored flag football tournament. Uh, it was us, the East Bay team, uh, a San Francisco team, San Jose, and also Sacramento, who beat us uh, last year. There's footage of it somewhere. Hopefully, yeah, it I'll look see it. It was heartbreaking. Hopefully, it never comes up. Never comes don't up. Worry, don't worry about it. But we avenged that today, and uh, that brings us here. But to bring it back to what we were talking about, um, so you got this opportunity to become a, a bartender, and they were like, go. And so how did that first night end? How did it go? How did it end? Um, it was actually smoother than I thought. I right. mean, like, we had Thirsty Thursday, which, you know, was typically pretty busy. Um, but the... The crowd was all people that we knew. You know, right. it, was a, it was the same. It was the same people that came in every Thursday. Yeah. You know, from the the local schools like Fordham and uh, SUNY Maritime and uh, so, the community college nearby. So it's like, the same people. So did you walk away with those tips for the first time, and you were like, "Oh yeah, Yo, this is my money. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I'm that, never going back to a that, bar back in ever again." That felt good. Uh, that's what I. That's what I thought. Right. Um, then the guy. But they don't. Back. They don't just give it to you. They're right. Just like, oh, cool. You're you're the bartender on Thursday night now. So, so that'd be was, a pretty, pretty good popping night Thursday nights, right? Yeah, so it was a pretty good night. You know, right. I, I did a pretty good job. I didn't know what anything was, where anything was. Right. Um, you know, I had guests pointing out to me. I was like, "What do you want?" Like, right. Midori? What the fuck is this? Right. Like, all right, whatever. Uh, here, bro. Like, like, can you make me an incredible Hulk? I remember the like uh, the third or fourth time I was uh, bartending. Yes. This was like months down the line. Like, you know, I started to sporadically, right. sporadically get shifts and. It, it, it nothing really ever happened of that, you know. Like I, this is something I, I kind of did that. I've been thinking about because I way. think this generation is a little bit different. Bartenders and we're jumping around a little bit, but like now that I notice, like bar backs want to immediately want to make cocktails. Yeah, but it's, it's too quick, man. But it's too quick because like when I first got my bartending job, like all I wanted to do was like just be fast and not mess up. Yeah. I didn't want to like 
do anything really creative. I just wanted to like, I guess the word would be execute. Do you feel like you were the same way then? Like you didn't, weren't reading cocktail books. That no, point. I you were definitely just, definitely was not reading cocktail books. Right. I didn't know that there was or a cocktail book. book right. Uh, we had uh, we had a. Uh, uh, what was it called? That, the, the Boston bar, guy? The Boston guy? Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, that's all we had in the background. Yeah. I was like, yo, this is way too much shit, man. Like, who, we would like joke with each other. It was right. Like, like, yo, can you make me a rusty nail? nail? Right. Like, and I was just like... Uh, a dusty bottle of Dream Booze. Exactly. Yeah. It was like shit like that. And like, we didn't even have it on the back bar. It was like back in the, uh, right. the liquor store. Just like a free sample bottle from like years ago that nobody ordered. Um, so, right. There was but, no... Like, I, w- I just wanted to ask one this because I was thinking about the other yeah. day. There was no real... I don't want to use the word drive, but, like, but, you just wanted to execute. You wanted yeah. to get your... I mean, to- for us to say that, you know, like, bartenders now aren't coming up the right way, I, I don't believe that. You know, right. it's just the way this generation is shaping up. And we created this right. generation, you know, we uh, and the people before us, you know, like, uh, I believe a, a lot in lineage of bartenders, right. you know, learning from and improving what the last generation did and the fact that uh, we think that this new generation is skipping steps, right. maybe they didn't. They don't need these steps. Right. There's the internet. Uh, there's yeah. videos you could watch. Because I remember uh, when I started, there was only really books. Yeah. And that was it. And you would have to know. Yeah, you'd have to know what books, books you're you actually for. get. Yeah. But I mean, definitely, uh, we need to make sure that hospitality doesn't take a backseat. Which right. it, you know we've seen with the you know the last couple of years of cocktails getting. You know, bigger and crazier. Right. You know, people are forgetting about the fact that you know you're serving people, you're not serving drinks. Like, you know, it's. Yeah. So, do you think like so? Do you think that's a end product of competitions? Because I know we've both done competitions before. Yeah. Where no, it, it absolutely. And Instagram, is. like the photo, you want to make something look pretty, but maybe you don't know exactly the ingredients to make it taste as good as it looks. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I think people are just forgetting that. Uh, you know. We're in the business of uh, emotional exchanges. This, right. is, this is something like that goes a little bit deeper than these things. Um, it just so happens that we're using food and drinks as the medium of exchange, right. and we've put so much focus into the the product that we're using to exchange the actual service that we're selling, right? Because you know, which is hospitality, which is hospitality, right. you know, like. Uh, but you and I know, like, there's nothing more fun than uh, you know producing really awesome, delicious cocktails right. that that look beautiful. And there's no better feeling than you know seeing your photo uh, photo of your drink on somebody else's Instagram. Right. Uh, but then to bring it back, there was so much work I guess you did beforehand where you bar backed for like like that mm-hmm. bartender you were to the bartender you are. Like, how many years was that gap before like all right, you got a job? You're working for tips, you're doing good, you're in college, so you were still in college, you were bartender slash barback. Yeah. And then when was the next step where you realized, wait, I can progress in bartending, like I can like really this creative person that I am, because you used to do photography also, right? Yeah, exactly. So when did you realize like the, you can do, be creative and bartend and merge those two things together? Uh, it was definitely when I moved to San Francisco. So after, uh, after I graduated from college, I needed I needed to get out somewhere. So the first the first thing I did was uh, I had uh, some buddies that were living down in uh, Atlanta at the time. Yeah. You know, old high school buddies. Uh, you know, they were partying. I was like, "Yo, Atlanta's cracking right now. You need to get out here. It's it's a party down here." I was like, "All right, I I don't have anything to do. Uh, uh, I I just finished college. I I have no desire to go." work uh, in an international shipping yard, right. which is, I, I went to school for international trade, right. which I, I'm still not even sure what that degree is. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, people, I, know, yeah. I know what it's for, but it's definitely not for me. Right. So I just took a trip down to Atlanta, uh, lived there for about eight months, 
did nothing bartending related. You know, right. I actually did nothing in general. You but know, you absorbed we culture. Just, you hung we, yeah, out. We, like, we just yeah. we just hustled anywhere yeah. we could to make money. Uh, but we were partying. We were living a good life. You know, uh, it was probably one of the most fun times of my life. Uh, but then after a while, I realized, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything with my life. Right. Like, wh- wh- what's happening? Like, I can't keep doing this. Uh, so I came home. Right. Just you know, back to San Francisco. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm from Oakland. Right. Uh, but just the allure of San Francisco. You know, right. as a kid, it was always, you know, it was always the the big city. Cause, right. You know, out here in the on the West Coast, you don't have like your New Yorks or Chicago's and Boston. Like right. San Francisco, San Francisco was the big city. Right. You know, and every time you uh, hopped on BART and got into the city, as soon as you got off on Powder, like, dude, like, just some big. There's some shit grand, happening here, grand, man. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I knew I had to move to San Francisco, so I took whatever money I had, uh, drove cross country to San Francisco, and then just tried to figure it out from there. You know, I knew I wanted to be a photographer. I didn't know. I didn't even know if I wanted to make money off right. of it. I just really enjoyed the work so like you know if were you doing like print lifestyle or photography of so like still life it's, or? it started out as uh, you know I was really just doing it as a creative expression so I would just do anything I, right. had, I, I had no there was no end game to it right uh, there's no like oh I gotta get this in a gallery so I have to shoot like this or right. I have to get this in a magazine I, I was just shooting shooting yeah um, when I moved out here like I reconnected with uh, with my dad which I hadn't, who I hadn't seen since I was, shit, like eight or nine. Right. You know, we have a really good relationship now, um, but he's always he's always worked in uh, audio and video. Um, so one thing that uh, him and my granddad, the company that they had, was they were shooting weddings. Okay. So they they got me into that. Did you so, ever help on any of the weddings, or did you oh, do yeah, any yeah, the editing no. and all this stuff? Yeah, no, no, I I did I did two uh, with them just to see how it, how it went, and then the rest I did on my own. Uh, wow. Yeah, I would... Uh, was that your first, like, hustle on the side? That was, my, that was my first hustle, man. I was shooting weddings, bro. How like, old were you at the All time? Vietnamese weddings. Uh, <laughs> Shit. Shit, I was 19 or 20. I was 20. I was right. 20, yeah. 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 Uh, I was just shooting Vietnamese weddings, uh, you know, making some pretty good money. But those those jobs were, were spotty. You know, right. you didn't get them all the time. So in between jobs, you know, you do whatever you could. Right. Um, I think the first thing I did, I, I was telling you earlier... Uh, uh, that's where I met uh, our buddy Obi. Right. Uh, we were working at Bartenders Unlimited. It was a catering company based out of uh, San Rafael. Um, it was this ad I just found on right. Craigslist. It didn't really explain much. It just said nineteen dollars an hour plus yeah. tips or something. It was sixteen dollars. Oh, an hour. nice. No, there's no tip. Sixteen dollars no, an hour. That's flat. Just, yeah. That sounded crazy right. to me. Um, and then I, they didn't even interview me. It was crazy. Like I just uh, sent in a resume, and then they uh, sent me a letter back that said uh, turn to burn. <clears throat> yeah, yeah there's like. Uh, I need you to, I remember my first job too, it was at Ripley's Believe It or Not, there was an event there. Uh, they were like, I just need, you need to show up to uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not in the Embarcadero yeah. uh, wearing black, uh, a black shirt, black pants, and black shoes. Right. Show up at this time, uh, you know, you're looking for this person, uh, and that was it. And, that was it. And I showed up and... Worked it. And I worked it, and they were like, yo, have you ever bartended before? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, like, I got this. Yeah. I really no, had no idea. Yeah. You know, it was way different than working in a dive bar, but, you know, so from I did the, that. So you got there, and then when was the first experience where you're like, whoa, this is like, this bartending thing is on a different level right now, like, um, the job that took you? There was a, so I was doing that, uh, and those jobs were spotty as well, yeah. you know, I, I eventually got a job in a nightclub, which, God, I don't know how the fuck I got that, yeah. uh, and I also got a job at a dive bar in South San Francisco. This was all at the same time. Right. You know, so I was trying to juggle uh, 
at the time it was like three three different jobs. So I had uh, I had bartenders unlimited, which I I would do a, maybe a job a week for them. Right. Uh, I was working at this dive bar, which uh, I came in. Uh, they had me just straight doing uh, Friday and Saturday nights only. Right. Which, that was cool. Good money, right? Uh, yeah, it was good money. Yeah. And then I uh, got a job at a nightclub here in the city on a Monday night. Right. Uh, so. There's that, and then I what, tried. What to, club was that? It was Infusion. Infusion uh, Lounge. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I was working Monday nights there. Yeah. Um, what was the scene like? Was it like dance music? It was, was it like yeah, it was all night? top. It was all top forty dance right. music. Uh, you know, but at the time for me, like I, I was like, this is this is this is right. great, man. There's beautiful women here. Right. People are partying. Good like, time. It was never it was never busy, but to me, there's like this is this is energy. This is crazy, what you man. were looking for, right? Is, the big stage. This is awesome, and I, I loved going out, so right. it was always attractive to me. But all these jobs are spotty, so I, you know, was looking for, for jobs, um, and I was just talking. I was talking to Obi. We we're hanging out. And he's like, I was like, you know, how how do you find these bartending jobs? You know, right. people. I don't have a resume. People don't respond to me right. on, on Craigslist. Um, so he's like, he's like, dude, just do whatever, man. You got to go door to door. You got to hand out resumes. Wow. You got to hustle, dude. I was like, okay. Right. So I was doing that all through San Francisco. I, I remember. Every when I walk past bars and I see like I dropped off a resume here yeah. and they didn't respond to me they didn't give me yeah. a job they didn't give me a job so I'm not mad about it. it but it just understood like I didn't have a resume right. back then nobody know like all these jobs I had sucked so what did your resume say at the time like just a real quick like did you do like objective to be the best bartender Dude, I didn't even know, how, I didn't even know how to write <laughs> yeah. a resume back yeah. then it was I, I just took a, a, a like one of the ones they had on uh, on Word and just right. it was like uh, added in I was like I like this objective yeah. I'm just gonna keep this objective I like this color I like this font yeah. oh, oh you didn't even change the objective no it, it was like a super generic objective <laughs> yeah. like to, to be the best to worker be, to some some yeah. some bullshit like that yeah um, but so, yeah so I was just I was walking um, I was just walking through uh, Jackson Square and I saw that this restaurant was uh, was under construction I was like oh this is, this is really nice yeah um and so I just I walked in, uh, and the maitre d at the door, like uh, they, I think they were already open, but you, you can tell that they were still yeah. really new. They were still like doing little tweaks. There's a construction guys in there, uh, like tightening tables and things like that. Uh, and the maitre d, who is actually one of my best friends to this day, I'm actually the the best man at his wedding and the godfather to his child wow. right now. Uh, yeah, his name's Sean Kelly. He lives in uh, in Sean New York Kelly. right now. Yeah. So um, is he still working in the business? He still works in the business, yeah. man. He's the uh, it's funny enough, he's the uh, one of the assistant directors of the aviary right now. Oh wow! Yeah, he moved out there, uh, and he's he's working for like April Bloomfield uh, in in that restaurant group. Right. Um, and then uh, yeah, he just became the one of the directors of the aviary. And, wow, that's uh, that will yeah, all that, connect that's, later kind of, in the story. Kind of yeah. funny how this all came around. Right. Um, but I I dropped off his resume or my resume to him, and he's just like, yeah, dude, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get this to the bar manager, right. um, and that was it. And I just kept I kept doing that. And then uh, about a week later, uh, I get a phone call that says like, "Hey, uh, this is uh, this is Jason Iroko Core. Can you come in on Wednesday at uh, you know two p.m. or something like that?" Uh, and I was like, "I had dropped off so many resumes right. that like I-, I didn't even keep track." I was like, "Who?" I was like, "Who? Yeah. What?" I was like, uh, uh, "Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, can you give me your address for one time? Like, right. uh, definitely." Um, you know, so I, I I showed up. I was like, dude, I gotta I gotta dress like these bartenders. I right. see. I gotta put on I gotta put on a vest. I gotta put right. on. Uh, did you have any of those clothes to begin with, or did I, you go I, shopping? That I did. Oh, well, that's yeah, I was all, I was always into clothes. I right. was into, I always had a, a, a thing for for style and fashion. Right. So I always try to. So you had something in the closet. I had, yeah. I had, I had something. something. You know, I didn't have a lot of uh, 
what we call grown up dress. You know, right. Like, I love sh- like music. I love my streetwear. Right. Though. Like I'm wearing a pair of joggers right now. Yeah. I keep it loose. Uh, but I had I had some stuff. You know, so I was like, I'm gonna dress the absolute best I can. I actually wore like a lot of the same stuff I wore uh, to uh, like bartenders on there. I wore the same vest, right. the same pants. I just made sure I didn't wear like a black shirt. So I, I put on like a white right. or blue shirt or something like that. So it stood out. Um, so was uh, Roca already? Finished with construction and all that stuff. Yeah, they yeah. were they were open for like a couple of weeks, I think. Right. Um, you know, like I said, there was just a couple of guys in there that were, you know, finishing up. I think like the sign outside or something right. like that. So you could tell it was it was, almost, it was a brand new restaurant. Um, so yeah, I just came in. Um, I saw Sean again. He was working the door, and right. he's like, "Dude, welcome back!" Like, oh, wow. like, just grab a seat, wait for Jason. Uh, don't tell Jason this, but he was late. Uh, oh wow. Uh, yeah, that first day. Um, so I, for I, was you, just, I was sitting there, I was like, holy shit, this place is really fucking nice, man. Spoiler alert for you guys that are listening or watching, uh, Jason is our good friend, uh, amazing bartender. His name, his full name is Jason... Jason Huffman. Jason Huffman, the man. Um, so you're seeing J- Jason. Yeah, I was... Uh, did you have your uh, print, uh, copy of your resume ready? Or did oh, I brought, I brought my own resume. Because, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, like, I... At, at this point, I, I started to learn what worked and what didn't work, and right. it was like, you know, you need to bring bring and right. your Just resume be ready. And be prepared. You know, this t- at this point, I, I cleaned up my resume a little bit. I I had some people look at it and give me some feedback. So, did you have cocktails already in your head? Were you already a bartender? <laughs> I didn't know shit about so you didn't know dude. anything about cocktails at the time. Right? I didn't know yeah. shit about cocktails. Right. Um, and you were applying to be a bartender at Barback. Uh, or I, was to be, I was applying to be a bartender. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting there. I remember uh, we were sitting at it was table one hundred and one, which is the corner on the left when you first walk into the downstairs uh, bar at Roca. You know, uh, Jason came in uh, off the streets. Uh, he had he had his headphones on, yeah. and a pair of jeans. You know, dressed yes. like dressed like Huffman, Huffman dude. Huffman, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he just came in and uh, he just fucking got right into it. Yeah. And, like, uh, did he ask you to make something right away? Or no, he didn't. It was it was a weird interview. He yeah. didn't even really interview me he just kind of talked at me yeah like and i was just like yeah of course yeah absolutely and he give just, me a layout what what the program was going to be or yeah like, he's talking about like fresh ingredients and, all and so i was like what i was like for oh, you I'm at the cool. time you were like i have no idea what you're saying but i yeah. just want the job so you're just smiling or? yeah i was just like oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. um and he's asking me about like the cocktail programs that i had worked for and i was just like oh shit i gotta think about it right. like, oh shit let me let me start talking about right. the cocktails we had at uh at this dive bar, which right. uh, I'm not going to mention, right. um, and I got, re- but like I was really excited about what they, what we were doing. I was just like, uh, oh yeah, we have the, uh, we have this cocktail called a Brooklyn, which isn't a real Brooklyn, right. like the Brooklyn that we know. Uh, they just called it a Brooklyn um, because it's a great name. Because it's a great name. Yeah, it's yeah. A Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, it was a shaken, uh, refreshing cocktail. Right. It was. It was. It was not good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I talked about things like that, and he's like, oh, all right, cool, word, cool, word. cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to come back in uh, tomorrow or something like that? Just and real like, quick. Just it, like, it was just like, I was like, just like, like you just you just pleaded everything you know, and he's kind of like, all right, just all right. come back, whatever. I, I think he kind of just smelled right there, like, all right, this, right. Kid doesn't, this kid doesn't know shit about shit, uh, but he, he's a... eager, he's enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, let, let's give this a shot. Yeah, we'll have to ask you, Jason, uh, next time uh, if uh, how you saw this. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to because. Uh, we never really talked about this while we were working, you know. Like now that uh, many years have passed, I'd love to like, look I, back and see how he saw and what he remembers yeah. from it. Um, but yeah, he just got me. He just sent me through training. Um, I didn't make a single cocktail uh, for the first week. The, the, the right. training there was, you know, actually pretty intensive. It was really focused on food and service. 
So for the first week, I was uh, so you out of your. I was, I was working in the kitchen. Yeah, I right. never really, uh, you know, worked in a high level restaurant before. Uh, I worked at my uncle's restaurant. It was a really nice restaurant, right. but you know, in Orlando is that's a different game. So do you think this was the first time you were out of your? Like, oh, you I was, seem to I was push, completely right. out of my comfort zone right. every single day. Um, but the one thing I, you know, I always made sure to do is like, I was like, you know, don't ever let anybody not like you for not trying. Right. And so I everything you know, I would make sure that I introduced myself that first day to every single person there the dishwasher the executive chef you know like I, I did it with as much confidence as I could but inside you're just like oh right. dude, I, I hope I hope oh, well. you know I hope they they like me you know right. I hope they accept me um, but yeah just, that's what we did and then uh, you know Jason gave me cocktail specs so by by the time we started uh, bartender training uh, I would know them and right. uh it was it was weird because he was like in and out of town for I think the first uh, uh, that first week of training because he he was still moving uh, from Chicago I okay. think um, so I didn't spend a lot of time with him so I was training with uh, with other bartenders. How many cocktails were there on the menu? It was thirteen cocktails. Thirteen cocktails, yeah. Yeah, and even then I was like, ah, fuck it. So were you used to like shaking, stirring? Like, st- I didn't I didn't know how to do anything. Right. I was still uh, the only thing I knew how to do was uh, you know take a pint glass. And like you know, slam it. And I was still shaking with you know with the pint glass down, right? And the, and the, right. And the tin on top, and we were shaking like that. Uh, and that's what I knew how to do. Um, and but we were never making really cocktails. We were right. just you know doing shots, beers, slinging that out. So when I got these uh, these cocktail Specs, builds, yeah. yeah, I was I was even well, looking at it. And I remember like the old fashioned. Uh, it didn't even look like an old fashioned that I was used to making. Right. You know, muddled cherries, I was taught with the muddle, and with the muddle, sugar, muddle and a whole bunch orange. of bitters. Yeah, yeah, it was it was way different than that. Yeah, so I had to like completely rethink. I was like, oh shit, like a, okay. Right. The bar setup was completely different. It was a cocktail. It was cocktail station. Right. And you know, so I had to I had to learn this game. And I remember the first day, um, my training was supposed to be done. I think. Uh, it was going to be my uh, the fir- my first shift working, yeah. um, and I was working with Jason. Right. Wow. Um, it was, wow. And I, was I, he like super intense and focused? Like, was oh, he on your shoulder, like super just <laughs> chicken hawking you, or like? Yeah, I know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was like he was like really courteous to guests, but then he would just snap his head. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this kid doing? Um, <laughs> I, uh, for some reason, I was so scared to touch shit. I was right. Just, I was just standing there. Because how was the bar set up? Because like. I'm sure, like, when you first started, there was no mise en place or anything like that, like, uh, not there, but, like, other bars that you worked at. No, right? like, yeah, did exactly. You have, did you have any systems? Like, when you first used to set up your bar, like, at the, what the place, you, you bring, Infusion, I, you would just bring, like, what? There was, like, I, didn't do, I didn't do shit. I showed up at, uh, at 8, 9 o'clock at night, right. just slinging There's some, some shit ice and... thing, there was maybe, there's probably not a jigger, right? No, right. no, hell no. So this is the first time you've seen a jigger, a bar spoon, yeah, all, bitters up there, like, things. syrups. Like all that, right? So, yeah, yeah, all that shit. You know, like I, uh, when when I was working like in a club in the dive bar, right? You just grabbing gray goose. You barely, stuff. you yeah. barely even clean your station. You're just like, uh, right? All right, cool. You know, you burn your ice and you know you leave the water right. and the things. Just, fuck yeah, and I'll you know I'll wipe some shit. Down. I'll be here next week, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. But That's, so, but this was the time like this was, I, I'm this in a was, program. Right? This was crazy. Um, right. And I remember uh, I got an old fashioned. Uh, actually. Even even before that, I was just standing around like I was scared to touch things. I just went through you know food service training, and I I, right. I know I, I know you know to you know to, to clear plates, to drop right. menus, drop napkins. But I was you know like, you knew how to be polite already. Yeah, like, I, yeah I, right. I knew what to do, but for some reason I was so intimidated. I was right. just like I, I was frozen. I was just like standing like waiting to be told because to give him permission to do things. Because if you guys haven't been to Roca or seen it, like it's like 
it's pretty intimidating. It's subterranean. Like, mm-hmm. there's no lights, just no daylight, right? You work downstairs mm-hmm. bar, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like a brand and new... And it was the nicest looking place right. I, it's beautiful I'd ever there. been in. Everything was extremely expensive. Uh, you know, the clientele that was coming in was a lot right. like, higher class Different. than what I was used to. Like, so the age just... group changed, too. So you weren't dealing with, like, 21 to, you know, maybe 30-year-olds yeah. looking to party. You were dealing with, like... Exactly. Right. Yeah, and that was... And he like, was huffing and standing there, like, dude, what the fuck are you like, clear that, like, clear that, like, yeah. clear that table. Like, well, dude, what are you doing? Did you go through food training? Right. I'm like, yes, yes, I did. Yeah. And, like, after the first So where did you throw the dishes where you, like, you just shook, like, I just don't know where this is. I'm just going to run the kitchen. Like, Whoa. Yeah, I did. Yeah. There was a few times where I did that. And I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, fuck, where's the bus stop? There's <laughs> a bus stop under you. I'm like, fuck you, I'm sorry. I just like, got to get out of here. He's like, like where, where are you going for so much? Yeah, that was, it was the first time I was, like, out of my comfort zone, right. like, at a job. Because before I had jobs that were all extremely easy. Right. Um, you know, I, I had never really had, I would say, a real job. You know, like those those right. jobs you just came in, you just did some shit, and you left. Uh, you know, in high school, uh, I I had other ways to make money, which we're not going to talk about right. uh, here. Um, so, like, to actually be somewhere where uh, it was that organized was was completely new to me, and it was so intimidating. Uh, I remember when he first uh, told me, like, all right, you need to make a, a you know, an, an old fashioned and a J and B. The J and B was uh, one of the cocktails there. I don't think it's called that anymore. Right. But I was just like, fuck, fuck. So you're making because when he gave me the recipes, I was like, I'll, like I'll, one I'll, at a time. I was like, right. no, I, I confidently said, I'll know, I'll learn these in two, three days. I got you, right. I got you. You know, because flashcards. I was like looking at this is like, I just just three memorize years. it. Yeah, right. yeah. But then when you get there and you're just like, oh, fuck, right. your brain just just Reasons. scrambled. Like, I didn't even remember how to make it old fashioned. Like I, I started. I started making these like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You right. said you're gonna you're gonna learn all these recipes. Like, like, what what's going on? Right. Um, so I was like, dude, I'm, I'm really I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. And like, even the girl in front of me is just like, oh, is it your first day? And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, like I'm looking soft yeah, right now. Rough. Yeah, it's rough. So it was it was a real wake up call. Um, you know, we got through, we got through that first day, and I'm right. I'm I'm so thankful he didn't fire me that first day. Right, because it was a lot of things, it was just yeah. dropping ball after right. ball after ball like. You know, if I if I had seen that, I don't know if I would have given myself a, a chance. Right. You know, like I. So you think coming up through like a system like that, like or bartending for that long, you kind of have a sensitivity towards, like say a new hire. If you're gonna, mm-hmm. like you see those fuck ups yeah, in yeah. in the, like. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you 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 have to have a level of patience, but you have to also see improvement. Right. You, know, you have to see that somebody's trying and actually getting better. You know, there's there's trying and then there's you're not you're really not capable of doing this job you know like it's nothing personal but maybe you should think about you know doing another uh job that's less stressful that's, right you know more suited to your personality type uh you know i don't expect people to come in and know like it's okay if you make a mistake right but if i'm constantly correcting you on, on the, the same, same mistake thing, yeah Damn. so like i think the reason he didn't fire me is because he was correcting me on a new thing every, <laughs> yeah, single, so every single time a process of elimination you're gonna become better so yeah, and it's got to the point where like i was i was just so terrified of like uh of letting him down i was right. like oh fuck I, I, I don't i don't i don't want him to be disappointed right uh so i would just look around like ask as many questions as i could right. to everybody i could like hey, how do you do how do you do this how like uh now at this point were you reading books or were you I, like i kind of was I kinda youtube had... having videos you had a bartending like yeah I, I picked it up in like uh, a little little bits at a time you know there were cocktail books there um what was you know, the first one that stood out to you where you're like wow. the joy of mixology wow All yeah right. no i remember uh uh jason had a, a bunch of books on top of the bar and i was like whoa all these books are about bartending yeah because um, I had a, uh, uh, 
books about alcohol in my house. Uh, I think my like my mom just put in there just because like she wanted books at her bookshelf. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, a book about vodka, a book about wine was something that uh, I was I was I had been into for a while. Right. Not that I knew anything about it, but it was. But you knew there was a bigger. I knew that I knew that there was more a out there when yeah. I was because uh, when I was younger. And I didn't have anywhere to live, you know, like I told you, I left home right. uh, earlier than I should have. Uh, one of my friends, his mom just like opened up her doors and took me in. Wow. And uh, she had uh, she had just wall-to-wall wine spectator. I was like, all these are about wine? And like, right. you know, she, she was drinking really good wines but, uh, from from what I understood. You know, she was she was drinking California Cabernets right. and stuff. But, but still, like she had this appreciation for wine. It's just like fascinating to me. So I carried that uh, to that point. So wine was wine was super easy for me to to pick Get up. Get into yeah, yeah. Uh, cocktails actually became pr- pretty easy, you know, but in that first few months of working there, all I all I cared about was learning the recipes. You know, I, and that was that after that first night. That was the last night I had wor- I worked in that bar right. for a long time. He, he just sent me straight up to the service well. Oh wow! Uh, up in the restaurant. What's uh, that like? So you were on the wheel, so you memorized all the cocktails. Oh yeah, I had to because like because all you all you get are tickets. Right. So you don't have to. You're not stressed about uh, you know. So you like? Did everything. you enjoy the wheel? Or I actually I actually really right. loved it. Yeah. Uh, it was cool because you're right next to the kitchen, so you get to talk to the kitchen guys. Right. You know, you get to know all the servers really well because they have to come to your station, um, and I just got really good at service. Well, uh, got really fast, and that's. That's actually where I learned how to make cocktails on wow. my own. Was just I never uh, thought about that. Like it was if, like working the service. Well, a lot of people don't like it, but right. but if you're you know, training or learning, it's the dojo. It's the right. gym. It's uh, the I, gym. I was so thankful for it. I was like, right. holy shit! Like, That's you really know, cool. yeah, like this is the practice field right here. You know, this is where I get my reps in. I noticed this too. Like uh, when people are first starting, they end up like talking to the guests for too long, and then like it's not tickets, but it's like virtual tickets of people waiting to get an order, and by the time they get to them, now they have like. 15 cocktails that they can't do because they work by themselves because they're trying to talk to mm-hmm. guests instead of actually figuring out how to talk mm-hmm. and then also like how to take orders at the same time but working on the wheel mm-hmm. like you would just focus yeah. on drinks after drinks yeah, after you drinks. teach you, like right. you teach your hands how to move that's basically what you're doing it's, right. it's a sport man like uh once you learn the fundamentals and you practice over and over again so when as soon as you read a ticket it's already processed in your mind your your hands already know what to do so then from there you know you're you're already Good. making stuff and then you learn how to like oh okay dude, look can, up now I, yeah I can look up now like I could I could do all I, this I it right with the, using keyboard and yeah so yeah. Uh, so I got really good at service well and it like it was to a point where like you know I had to I had to slow down even on like busy Friday and Saturday nights where I, like there's only one service well um, you know we I had to wait I, I had to stop because you know there weren't the, the runners weren't getting to it in time and drinks were dying I had a pass. friend that used to do that and maybe it was you that told me you used to do this too but like they would turn off the printer. And then turn it on, just to like, just to give, make, give himself a challenge sometimes to work the wheel. No, I, I, I never did that. I was, okay. I was always scared. Like, okay, yeah, okay, that was I would fuck something up. Yeah. yeah, but what I what I did do was I always kept uh, kept my phone out so I could like I wasn't I she didn't really even text or do anything. Right. I wasn't interested in that. I right. wanted to do this, um, and I always looked at the time. You know, like I was like it was always like a game. It's right. just like, Oh shit! All right, like how many tickets? Bang! Oh, how many? How quickly done. can I get these out? Bang! Right. How quickly can I get these out? And it was like this internal, like self-motivated challenge right. that was super fun. Um, I still love. I still love working service well all the time, right. just to just to see how uh, how my hands are moving. Um, so, you, so from the service well, when did you go downstairs and now have to make those cocktails in front of people 
and take orders. It was, what was a. What was I don't know, like? It was. It was. It was like a, a few weeks. I think a month, and then we started right. slowly. Tr- we started transitioning into. I became the Sunday bartender, which like I, you know, I loved that shift. It, it was super dead in there, but you know, this was my time to read and learn. Right. You know, I might honestly like it was early in the opening, so I would have two, three guests a night. Were you but working by yourself, or were you working with someone else now for the first time? It was. It was still like me by myself yeah. uh, behind a bar for a while. Uh, and then I started getting another shift and another shift, you know, right. and with those uh, added shifts, you start working with other bartenders right. once you get into the week. Uh, yeah, and then before I knew it, it was a couple months in, and I was rocking the Friday night shift with right. Huffman. Wow. Yeah, the Friday, Saturday. It was now, did you guys, good. like, they call it, like, uh, a couple of people call it different, like, but the dance, like, were you able to sync up with like, oh, Huffman, yeah. like, like, move around him like you would hear mm-hmm. order? You would maybe start something, or like, did you guys share wells, or did you? Work no, no, I mean, your... there was there was two wells, right? Um, and the fact that I knew how to do uh, my job now, <clears throat> and you know, not fuck up, right? You know, I, I would, I was still he was he, he took the lead, you know, he right he, he directed, he's like, make this, 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 and this, and that, and right? Like, so he would delegate he, to you, and then you would just and he, wait start, and he, start, yeah. he started slow, and he's like, all right, you handle, uh, you know, this, these, these are your uh, bar stools right here, right. you handle this. Um, and you know, I'll I'll pass you off tickets. I'll I'll tell you what to make. Right. You know, I didn't have tickets in front of me. He would just he would right. just, he had the tickets in front of him. Wow. And he would uh, yell them out to me. So he was like an expo, that. like in a kitchen. Yeah, exactly, so exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. We uh, I remember we started slow, and then before before like before well, long, you, uh, it started picking up. up, and he started sending me more and right. more and more. So far, it was like I was like, dude, keep keep them coming, <laughs> yeah. keep them coming, keep them coming. And like it got to the point where like I would jump to the register or uh, to the printer and just grab tickets right. and just start just start rocking stuff out. And he was like, over, he's like, yo, you need anything? I was like, nope, got it. Like almost to the point like where I was just so excited to make cocktails. Right. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta worry about hot service too. Which that that never fell, but there was times where like I saw myself getting too obsessed with with the drinks. Yeah, you get super zoned out. But then. You understand that the guest in front of you is part of the game yeah, too. Enjoy like it, the show. It's an added yeah. part of, right. uh, of the sitting game, at the bar. The game yeah. that I had come up with uh, of how quickly okay. I can get out drinks. Right. You know, now it's just like let's level up and right. add this other stimulus, right. this other challenge to the game. Uh, so I don't know. I've always looked at it like sports. So, like, right. This shit's just always been it you is. Know, addicting and really fun. And, and you have the human aspect of it. You know, it's something right. that I always try to try to work on. Is I guess uh, you know my people skills and. Uh, my ability yeah, to, to network better. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much where we were at, and yeah, it was a it was a smooth year. We, you know, so you were there for a year. So you were finally. <laughs> I was there for I was there for uh, shit. I was there for like a year and a half. I think right. almost almost two years, something like that. So at that point, you knew like I'm a bartender. I'm in it. Like yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, like, there was there was no there was no doubt in my mind. Right. Uh, at, at this point, like uh, they stopped. I stopped getting shifts at. Uh, at the nightclub, right. I had gotten fired from uh, from the from the dive bar because right. I was learning all, all this stuff so about new cocktails, and I was trying to I was trying to make a sazerac at, uh, right. at the bar, and the owner would just get pissed because right. he was like, "Dude, it's like if the other bartenders can't make it, like I can't have you making right. drinks that are, are, right. aren't on our menu. Like, dude, you can't be doing this." And we talked about this forum, and we're jumping a little bit too, but it's like that system didn't work in that type of bar. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. And, like, I, I didn't understand that at the time. I was like, dude, what do you mean? Like, I'm just trying to right. I'm just trying to share some cool drinks in South right. San Francisco. Right. Um, and but, I, I even changed the way I was dressing to that to that right. bar, where I used to uh, come in with, like, a, a T-shirt and, like, you know, a, a snapback and just, 
work. Like right. now, I was coming in with a you know vest and a tie, and it's like, it's wow. Like, this is, I, 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 you, didn't, you mentally you already upgraded, but you had yeah. Like, but like I was still in this place, and like it just it just didn't make sense. And looking back, I was like, dude, that looks so that had to look so stupid, right? Um, but it's it's funny to look back now. Um, yeah, and then at this point, you know, like I was doing less and less photography work. Um, yeah, and then uh, the catering just kind of disappeared. Right. I became full. I was full time at Roca. At, at Roca. Right. Yeah, like I became immersed into this little community. Uh, you know, everybody, almost everybody that I worked with uh, there, are good friends of mine. So right. it, was, it was an experience that like I I can't ever forget. You know, I've worked in a lot of places uh, that we didn't have that kind of relationship that we that we developed there. Right. You know, like you know all the people that right. used to work at Roca. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did that for... Jordy. Jordy. Yeah. Jacob. Jacob, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did that for uh, for a while, and then uh, and then uh, Huffman moved on, so he went to go uh, open uh, Blackwater. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I was... We were all kind of left there, like, well, what do we do now? Wow. Um, so they asked me, like, do you want to, you know, do you want to increase your... Uh, your roles, because at this point I was already learning how to do inventory. Right. I was learning how to uh, do things like that. So Jason, he showed you how to. Yeah, he, like, yeah, so he, he showed the back end stuff. So yeah, was he, the first like, time you're using spreadsheets. Now yeah, you like, were. It was crazy. It was like right. all these things. Like I was uh, learning how to input invoices and things like that. The education I got there was right. was amazing. Was like I didn't. I didn't so uh, you learned back end stuff. So ordering inventory, you were using what what programs were you using at the time? We were using Microsoft Excel. Excel, yeah. But it was one of the most uh, well-built spreadsheets I've ever seen. Did Jason Jason build the sheets? Or? Uh, no, it was uh, it was made by uh, the CFO of uh, Roca Core. Yeah, uh, I think I think he made it. Yeah, um, but it was it was a really tight uh, really tight sheet. Yeah, um, looking back on it now, right? And I think that was before like a lot of these uh, these apps became really popular. That kind of right. for, like, beverage and, stuff like that. Yeah, dude, that beverage is dope. Yeah, uh, that's what I was right. using this last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Beverage. Shout out to Beverage. <laughs> you made my life so easy this year, Doc. Um, in the equipment now. Shout yeah, so her. I was like learning how to uh, learning how to do all that. Uh, so by the time the transition had to happen, um, I wouldn't say it was smooth because I, I I fucked up a lot in, right. this, in this, those first few months. You know, uh, the amount of eighty sixes that were happening. Uh, right. Just I, I just didn't know how to. I just didn't know how to organize. Explain to myself. someone if they don't know what eighty six means or eighty six just means uh, you ran out of. Right. Out of something, I believe like it's an old World War Two term that right. I don't really know the historical significance of, so I'm not gonna. Jump I'm not, gonna, I'm not anyway, gonna guess. So stuff was '86, yeah. Yeah, stuff was '86, yeah. and uh, I was, I was having a hard time trying to like unite the staff because you know, right. they, mind you, I had just turned 22, right? Uh, like about a month or and so before they offered me this position, so like, like I was definitely not mature enough, yeah, or knowledgeable enough to do this job. Uh, but I had a lot of mentors there, you know, like I had uh, Jason Replinger, right. he was the GM at the time, yeah. uh, you know, kind of walking me through, teaching me how to do these things. Um, but after a couple months of doing it, I realized, like, like dude, I, I was so excited about this path that we were taking in bartending. I wanted to just keep going with it and managing, even though I was still bartending, I felt like I was losing time that I was spending, you know, learning how to be a better bartender. Right. So this was the time that I was telling you um, that I was sending out uh, any like all the best bars that I that I loved. Uh, 
and aviary was one in particular because right. we had the, we had this Kleinbell machine at Roca, and you know I was spending every day with that like a little bit too much time that. And for like so we're trying to always do new definitions and whatnot so people don't know what's a climb bell so a climb bell is uh this ice making machine so if you've ever seen like an ice sculpture get made right. that's where these blocks come from right they produce these massive crystal clear uh 500 pound blocks right uh so i became super fascinated with uh with you know like the science of ice and right. how to make better ice um anytime the machine went down i was always on the phone with Kleinbell oh, wow. themselves to try to figure out how, like, you know, like, I need to know, wow. I need to know, I need to learn everything I can about this, uh, this device and, you know, cutting ice. I was watching videos on YouTube of, like, uh, Japanese bartenders. Uh, yeah, it blew my mind how many videos there were on YouTube. Right. And then the, the what video... Year, what year was this now? Or? This was 2011. 2011, okay. Might be 2010. Um, right. so but, yeah, there was some crazy cool videos right. out. And then the, there was this video of this bar called The Aviary in Chicago, that had the, this whole ice program. I was like, what, Wait, the, hell? what? what yeah. the hell does this mean? Uh, you know, the, they have an ice chef. So I would get uh, yelled at about labor costs, uh, which I didn't know what the fuck labor right, costs right. meant at that time. It was like, it was just like, you work till you're done, right? It was like these imaginary numbers. That, yeah. uh, uh, but eventually I understood, you know, right. I had to have it explained to me when we were sitting down in PL meetings, like, right. dude, your labor is way too high. You gotta start cutting. Like, All right, you see how these little hours build up. Uh, but anyways, I was spending way too much of my uh, labor on just cutting ice, and or even me just coming in on my own time and right. just prepping out ice if I could. Um, but I saw this bar at Aviary that was uh, this bar called Aviary that was super dedicated to to doing these things. Um, so you know, I started following them on uh, on Twitter, yeah. just like I, I did a bunch of other bars. Um, and every time they posted something that I, I really liked, I would always... Was Instagram you know, even out yet? It was Inst- digital, no, was it, Instagram was for sure out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was still, uh, yeah. it was still uh, in its infancy. Right. Um, but I definitely saw uh, what Instagram could do, and I was I, I was trying to post cocktails. You know, I, I wish I still had a lot of the pictures of the cocktails that right. I was making and posting. Right. Um, but they were getting likes, you know. Uh, I had, like... A, I think the max back then was only like 40 hashtags. Right. But, you know, I, any hashtag I think of, I, I packed it out. And I was getting likes from bartenders all over the world. Right. Um, and, you know, these drinks were all terrible looking. Right. They were all, uh, the, the recipes were awful. Um, but you were using but, Twitter and you got in contact yeah, yeah, with Avery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was, like, getting in contact with all these bars. But, like, this one bar was super fascinating to me. Right. Because uh, they were doing things that, like, uh, other bars, you see like, oh, like they're they're doing this, which looks like a variation on this cocktail that I read about here. Right. But you look at the aviary, and it's like, uh, they're doing a gin and tonic, but uh, it's a, uh, it's it's clarified some shit with, right. uh, yeah, it's clarified uh, with the, you know, ice balls, and it's like I don't right. even know what the hell's going. I was like, what's like this, science, like, what's like this guy like, saying, right. dude? Clarified? Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right. Like ice balls? Like okay, like so you made like popsicle ice balls? Right. That's pretty sick. Uh, wait, no, those aren't ice balls. Those are gelatin balls, like, like Bobo. Like, right. dude, how do you do that? So I was like watching these videos, and I was just like, dude, like this is unreal, man. Unreal. Like it was just so far out of my reality. Um, you know, even back then, I didn't. Uh, I went to uh, you know the the good cocktail bars right. that are here in San Francisco. I don't know why they're actually really good right. bars here yeah. in San Francisco. Um, but you know. The bartending here was a lot more traditional. You're like you're still sitting at a bar. You're still yeah. you know seeing a bartender, and I was still like mind blown when I saw a lot of these guys working. But this, what I saw online, was you know 
something Next I, level. So I had never level. seen before. Yeah. So I kept sending them like, yo, can I, uh, you know, I would love to work with you. I would love to work there. I would love to work there. You know, like, are you guys hiring? Are you guys right. hiring? Like almost annoying uh, with their, uh, like, the on, 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 on every post they had, it was, like, it was me saying, like, can, fired I, them up. I was like, yeah. can I work? Like, yo, can I work for you? Yeah. Can I work? Are you guys hiring? Hey, if you guys are hiring and, hey. um, I like ice. You like ice. Let me yeah, every every like for every like five uh, posts I had, it was always like, no, I'm sorry, not uh, we're not looking for anybody right. at at this time. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And I, just, I just kept going. The next day, boom. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't like uh, I was actually thinking about getting anything right. out of it. I was just like, I just kept I just kept asking. Yeah. I just kept asking. Uh, I was, you know, I had a good job at Roco's. Right. You know, it was pretty young, uh, right. 22 years old, living in San Francisco, right. you know, making pretty good money. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I was already doing way better than I right. ever expected I would. So I was just, uh, a couple months later, I was just laying in bed, uh, and, you know, I get, uh, I get an update from Twitter that says like, you know, like, uh, uh the aviary responded to, uh, something they said and I was like oh okay it's probably one another one right. of these like, it's like hey uh, we're currently uh, taking stages right now and I'm like you know, it's like they asked me like when would you be available or like if you're interested you know, right. like, uh, when would you like to set up uh, a stage I guess and I was like what yeah. dude and I was like dude can I be out there I'll, I'll be out there as quick as possible yeah. um, this was also a time where I had just blown on my all my money on on stupid stuff i was you know young and dumb yeah so i was just going out and just like oh shit i'll get some new sneakers and right then, and then i'll go out to the bar and spend you know four hundred dollars on a bar tab right I just paid my rent so i was like all right cool it's coming I'm, back anyway yeah so. I'm, I'll, exactly it's right. just like oh i'll get this i'll get paid on uh, on friday so right. you know i'll live off of the food in my bar fridge. yeah yeah i'll just i'll just eat family meal which <laughs> yeah. is there every day like i'm i'm so good man my, yeah, I'm good, my yeah. rent's paid life was good but then this came up it was like they asked me to like if I wanted to stage out there, which means you have to fly to Chicago, which means you have to have money to have a plane ticket to fly For out sure. there and stay. And, yeah. Right. So I didn't, um, I didn't have that money. Um, so a good friend of mine, the GM of, uh, of Roca, Jason Replinger, right. uh, fronted me the money to, fl- uh, to fly out there for a weekend. Um, I also needed to find a wow. place to sleep. Uh, Jason Huffman contacted or put me in contact, uh, with one of his, uh, you know, former like a uh, kind of like apprentices, right. uh, uh, Enoch Junior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Exactly, uh, and that's where he's just like, yo, like uh, I'm gonna put you in contact with him, see if you can stay with him. Uh, so I text him, and he's just like, so open. He's like, dude, absolutely, man. Like he had never met me before, but you know, uh, Jason said like, yo, th- like this is a good guy, right? You know, like you guys should wow. know each other. Um, so he's just like, dude, absolutely. You know, uh, when you when you land, let me know. I'm gonna tell you. How to get to how to get to my uh, apartment? You know, get off, take the red line, hop on, hop on this bus, and get off on the corner of this across the street. Like I'm from, going. Yeah, yeah, from the Continental. Right. <laughs> Fucking the Continental, dude. If you ever go to Chicago, gotta check out the Continental. Check out the Continental. Right. Um, yeah. So, I just did. I did that weekend trip. Uh, it was. I think it was supposed to be like a a one day stage. I think. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I booked the trip for the whole weekend because so I was like, you know, worst case scenario, I'll just, uh, Have you know, vacation I'll, I'll walk around Chicago, yeah. you know, no money in my pocket, but right. you know, at least I'll walk around the city. I have a place to sleep. I think I'll, I'll be okay. Gotta, at out. least have a couple dollars to eat. Right. Um, so after that first day, uh, I was you know, actually after the first day, I didn't even start yet. Uh, but I was super freaked out. I was like, w- what if I fuck up? What if I do something, do something wrong? Um, so once again, like, uh. 
Jason Huffman put me in contact with another friend of his that used to work at the aviary, right. um, and wow. she gave me, uh, like, uh, she gave me, like, some really good words of advice, like, you know, like, this is what you expect to walk in, uh, this is what the day-to-day looks like, so I, I walked in, like, after, she talked to me for, like, an hour, also having never met me before, wow. telling me, you know, what I should be prepared for, you know, you know what time, uh, everybody clocks in, what time... Uh, family meal is. It's so like a pre-interview food. before the actual stash. Like you met up. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, she she wasn't working there anymore, right. but she gave me the full rundown oh, okay. of like all the personalities. Uh, you know, like how to like don't be intimidated by this person. Right. You know, they might be a little rough on the outside, but they're right. actually a really sweet person. Like yeah. you know, don't uh, don't slam the don't slam doors while you're in there. This and that. Um, so I walked in with a little bit more confidence. Um, I walked in and immediately saw Micah Melton. Who I had been talking to uh, over email about this, and I introduced myself, and you know, as what do you want me to do? And he's like, "You want to get to work?" And I was like, "Dude, absolutely! Let's right. let's get to it." Uh, so he just put me at a, at a station, um, cutting garnishes, uh, which I would eventually be my job for you know the rest of my time there. Yeah. Um, what was the knife wear like? What was like the you used probably? Oh, so I was also told to like to bring my own knives, right? Um, but I had I didn't own my own knives, you know. Like wow. we, we used the knives that we had uh, at the bar. But the good thing about working at Roca is yeah, I worked with some of the best sushi chefs in this right, country, so I became really good friends with them. Um, uh, and the uh, executive sushi chef uh, lent me knives. No, just by coincidence, or like you knew I had to bring them anyway. No, I knew I had to bring them because okay. it said an email like you need to bring uh, you need to bring a, a black notebook, a lighter, a vegetable peeler, uh, a pen. Uh, and uh, you know, what was it like when that email opened? Where you're like, "All right, I'm really doing this." Yeah, no, like after, like I said, I, I was right. gonna do it. Right. It was like here, like here's right. here's what you need. Here's where you sh- what time you show up. Right. Wow. Um, I was like, "Holy shit! All right, this is this is this, this is intense. I've never right. had right. asked to do all this stuff." Yeah. So the chef let me like, uh, he's like, "Dude, I, I got an extra paring knife for you." And it was a, it was a really nice one. Right. Uh, but you know, to him, like he. This dude is obsessed with uh, with sushi knives, so he has like five thousand right. dollar knives. So he's like, "Dude, I'll let you I'll let you borrow a fifty dollar paring knife." Wow. He sharpened it right there in front of me, so it was razor sharp. Right. So when, by the time I got there, I was like, "Dude, this knife is sick." Yeah. I've never worked with a knife this sharp before. Right. Even working with those guys, you know, like work down in the kitchen, right. you go upstairs like, "Yo, can you sharpen my knife?" And they're like, "Yeah." Yes. Blah, blah, blah. They, do, they do it real quick for you. Yeah. You know, they're like, "You're fuck, you're fucking cutting lemons here. Just, right. just go back real quick." But like, you know, he actually took the time to sharpen a really nice. A uh, blade for me. Right. Uh, so my first job was to peel and uh, and cut garnishes. And I was showed like, all right, here's here's this one garnish. I need you to replicate this fifty times. It's like, all right, cool. And I was doing it. I was like, uh, yeah, that looks pretty good. Right. You know, and thirty minutes in, I I do a bunch, and then uh, the head bartender Julia uh, Mose at the time comes up and she's like, dude, these look terrible. Oh. I was like, I was like, what? I thought I did a great job. <laughs> oh, like, fuck. Man. She's like, all right. We're gonna line them all up. Yeah. And like, do you see how none of them are the same size? Actually, these these two oh. look good. Well, actually, these two are the ones I cut to show you. These oh. are the rest of these. She's like, I don't know how I, uh, I was able to pull those out. Uh. And then she's like, none of these are are the same wow. size. She's like, and she just like swiped them on. She's like, she's like, you gotta do them again. Wow. And, and it was like the first time I was just like, fuck. Yeah. What the hell? Um. So from that day forward, I was like, I'm going to get really good at this. Right. Um, so that's what I did every single day I came so in. The, so the stodge went well, and then so what happened? Well, 
the stage the stage went on for the it, it, it went on from there. Yeah. Um, you know, I was working with to this day some of the best people I've ever worked with yeah. in my life. You know, uh, Shauna McCarthy was next to me. Mary Lou Mountain was next to me. Uh, Raymond Chester was next to me. Alexis Tinoco was next to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Charles Jolie was right. there as the beverage director. Micah Melton was uh, basically like a chef de cuisine type yeah. role. So like these people were just like holy shit, like really good uh, people. Um, but yeah, like it just went on the rest of the day and I was just like, kind of learning as I go because it, it was in, nothing I had ever seen before. It was run like a kitchen. Right. Um, so I was trying to understand like how, how the flow of expediting worked and, you know, not only how to make the drinks in front of me, uh, but you know how to how to do. Yeah. And you know, I kept I asked I did ask a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions, um, and I, you know I did the absolute best I could, and I I think it showed because uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think that was supposed to be our only stage. I asked you know like hey I'm in town for the rest of the weekend like can I can I come back tomorrow like even if just for a little bit. Right. Um, you know, and maybe you can go out afterwards and right. that. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Yeah, all right. Uh, you can come back. You can come back tomorrow. Uh, wow. That's fine." Uh, so we did that. Uh, you know, another day. It's like, oh, "All right, back for more, dude. You like this? You like this?" So like dude. at this time, so you were away. You all your stuff was still in San Francisco, right? You I was. I hadn't moved. This was just moved. A, this right. was just a stage. Wow. I didn't even think I was getting a job. That, right. I think this was just a uh, kind of like they were doing this at the time to like show bartenders. You know, around the country and around what, the world, what like what the like. aviary was like. Wow. You know, aviary loves doing shit like that. Like, like come check out how great we are. Wow. Which it is a fucking uh, great program. Um, but yeah, like after that second day, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of the same, just you know, learning as I go and just you know, just failing at a hundred and ten percent and like a Daily. full speed, just. Failing forward, just yeah. like, all right, dude, you fucked it up, all right, like, yeah. let's do this. But you learn, learn quickly from it, and you recover, and you don't beat yourself up, you know, it, when you make a mistake. Right. Um, you know, other people are going to beat you up enough, so, like, why beat yourself up? That's well. Um, so, after that second day, um, it was Saturday night, so I was like, yo, can I come back tomorrow for Sunday? You know, like, I, I, know, it's a, I know it's a slow day, but I don't really have a lot to, to do, um, you know, there's a couple bars that I want to go see, a couple places, but I've, I think I've, I'll do them during the day. Right. You know, can I, can I come back here? Um, you know, once again, they let me. So, did you feel at this point you were getting connections to the place? Like you, like in your head, did you already decide like I want to work here? Like, yeah, there's no, no abso- way I'm not, absolutely because right? like the people I worked, uh, was working next to, they were so helpful. I mean, right. there's there's a couple people in there that you know. They they weren't super helpful and they were right. you know they were doing like, their thing. They're like get but, this get this kid out of my way, man. Right. Like he's fucking he, yeah. He's fucking he's fucking me up and right. my flow. Um, but the people I just I, I mentioned earlier were crazy crazy helpful and yeah. they're like we all really liked each other and we all got along and you know they wanted to see me get better and they kept like doing everything they could to to help me uh, learn this. And then after that Sunday night, when things were a little bit slower, uh, you know. We were we were doing our, our closing for the night, our cleaning, our super Sunday deep cleaning. Right. So we were closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, so Sunday was deep clean day. So we were like pulling out drawers. Uh, we were uh, like I was on my hands and knees just cleaning, like just scrubbing out, you know, the garbage disposal underneath the bar. So that was the last day before you flew back to San Francisco. Yeah. Deep cleaning. Um, so I was in the middle of doing that, 
And then uh, Charles Jolie comes up to me, uh, and he's just like, hey, Kyle, come take a walk with me. I was like, okay. He's like, you want to have a drink? Uh, uh, you want to stay at the bar? Like, yeah. you, know, you, don't, you don't have to clean, dude. Just your stash. You don't have to do the scrubbing. I was like, dude, I, 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 I want to help them. And they were like, no, 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 dude. Like, yeah. you're, you're on vacation right, right. now. Like, you you're to, in it. Yeah. You know, like you've you've been making these drinks, all, or at least watch these drinks get made all weekend. Right. With like you've straw tasted, you know some of them, but you know you need to go actually have this experience. So I sat like I was sitting there, um, you know, getting served, and like I was like, this is this is fucking weird. And right. like, like what what can or can I order? Can can't I order? Right. I didn't know what the limit was. I was like, right. I, you know, I, I don't want to get drunk either and like, like look like an food. asshole. Right. So I was like really concerned. Drinks, so yeah. I was, but I was asking the servers like. What do people normally do? Like, do yeah. they have like one or two drinks? And he's just like, "No, no, man, you can have as, as many as you want." Like, right. I mean, like, right? You're here on a stage. Like, this is your vacation. You right. get drunk for all we care. Oh wow! Um, so, but, it, so it, it had this kind of like refined character to it, but everyone's very welcoming still at the same time, right? I so, would say everybody, <laughs> not but, everybody, uh, but but you were there were, there were there were enough people there. I appreciated what you did. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Um, cool. So I think after my second drink, Charles came back and uh, he he sat down with me and he just asked me like, "Yo, so what what do you think about the place?" Um, and I was like, "Dude, this place is a machine." It's like, absolutely, it's a machine. You know, like it, it the the way this place runs is is an animal. Uh, it's like I've never seen anything like this before. And it's like, uh, it's like, you know, would you consider you know being a part of this team if you uh, if that opportunity right. came about? And I was like, "Dude, absolutely, one hundred percent." He's like. All right, cool. Let's let's take a let's take another walk. So we walk um, downstairs. Have you been to Avery and Shrine? No, okay. Yet, no. So you leave the main uh, the, the main bar and you go through some stairs and you go downstairs and you walk into a private dining room. Uh, it's the private dining room for Next, which is the other Alinea Group right. restaurant that's attached to the same building. And uh, inside of there was uh, Chef Andrew Brochu, uh, who is the executive chef. Uh, you know, the kitchen is right next to the the cocktail pass. Yeah. So everything I did, he was like. He was there watching just the whole time. You know, Micah Melton's in there, right. and then, you know, Charles sat down. And then they asked me the same question, like, you know, would you be interested in, in working here? And I was like, whoa, dude, I'm sitting next to I'm him. Sitting, I'm sitting at like, the Jedi table right, right now. This is crazy. Um, what was your mindset back then, like, when you were, like, did you just have, like, a, like, did you just have a urge to just go to these next jobs? Because it seems like it you keep a, pushing It was just adventure, up. man. Right, like, the adventure. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think about anything. I didn't think about like, uh, you know, where I'm going to be in five years, where like that this is the right step to take. I didn't think about any of that. I, I could barely see six inches in front of my face, but you know, if I saw something, I'm sprint, I was sprinting to it. The more we talk, I realize you're not like driven by like money. Granted, like you did sound like you did buy some nice things, but like you worked in the, you flew out to Chicago with your last dollars and then like you pretty much worked for free, but you wanted to work even more. Like, mm-hmm. like, so do you think, like, if I'm a young bartender, I'm not saying everyone needs that that mindset, but there has to be something more. It seems like you have a passion for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I was surrounded by these crazy, talented, just awesome, hospitable people right. that, like, had so many friends and knew how to network and knew how to just make friends with anybody they met at any given time. Right. It was like... Because recently you've opened up a bar now yeah. in in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, which is the name of that? Uh, it's the Library of Distilled Spirits, uh, right. in Union Square. Which was crazy. So, like all these experiences, like yeah. how is it now from from all experience you've had to open up a place like that for for some, our first like 
Let's talk about how that happened. Uh, how I got to that. Yeah. Um, you know, after my time, actually, like, circling back, like how even uh, this this is gonna end up later. But uh, right. when I was working at uh, at Aviary, you know, like I was just working the right. past, like I, I still wasn't really anybody in the industry. I don't know if I am now. I don't think I am. Right. Um, uh, I was in a room. You know, there was a bunch of like influential bar people, right. and like you're still just like, holy shit, like. I, I know you guys. Like I, I, I've seen you on YouTube and right. you know in magazines and stuff like that. Um, but like talking, like t- talking to these other bartenders that I work with, like they knew everybody by name. Like oh yeah, like right. uh, you know, there's this person, there's that person. Um, I don't remember what event we were at, uh, but it was like some like a uh, it, was, it was it was a USBG event in uh, right. in, in Chicago, I think. Um, and we- like I saw like a. Uh, Dushan Zarge, I'm like, holy shit, dude! I I, I know you, dude. Like, right. uh, I've seen I've seen your videos on YouTube, and like, dude, you own that bar in New York. That's uh, that's that's really cool, right? Uh, I was like, what what the fuck's the name of that bar? Employees only, dude. Right. Like, oh shit! And then Sean was like, oh yeah, that's Dushan. Like, he's a fucking cool right. guy. So I, I went up to him and said like, said hi real quick, like hi. And he's like, you know, he's he's a super gracious, right. hospitable guy. You know, like he he could tell that I'm just like some like kid that's just like, holy shit, man. Right. Like, there's this rock star, but you know. He he didn't. He never made you feel lesser than uh, than you were. Uh, he always made you feel like feel good. And he's just like, oh yeah, dude, really like, he's like, hey buddy, really good to meet you. Like, right. You know, uh, this and that. Um, and then I, you know, and that was it. It was like literally like ten seconds. of right. like, Boom. and that was it. Um, and I think later I I, uh, uh, I started following him or or on, on social media. Right. Um, and just you know, keep track. Like you, you you're you're seeing how these people's careers and what they're doing. At that point, and you already like, read the book, too, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, right. I had I'd read uh, Speakeasy yeah. um, and all that. Um, so, yeah, that was, you know, that was years ago. Really? That was years ago, and, yeah. you know, I, had, I hadn't really talked to him since then. Um, you know, a year, but, so backtrack to a year ago, like, after uh, I had you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Right, yeah, so you yeah. at Lafayette Park. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, so I had come back from, uh, from Chicago, you know, yeah. like, I was, I was ready to... To not be in Chicago winters anymore. Right. Um, uh, I, I love Chicago so much. I love visiting it, but I just knew that it wasn't it wasn't where I wanted to be long term. You know, like I, I love California way too much that I just needed to come back. Um, so uh, I gave a call to Jason Ripplinger, and uh, he's one of the first people. He's one of the first people I called. A really good friend of mine, and uh, he's like, "Dude, I I need somebody to uh, to be a bar manager here at the Lafayette Park Hotel." And I was like, I, "Dude, I could do that." Right. Uh, you know, like. I just did all this really cool shit uh, there. Uh, there was no management in what I did at uh, at the Aviary. I was just working the line, uh, you know, producing. I was a workhorse there. Right. Um, but you know, I was like, dude, yeah, I was a, I was a manager for like six months at uh, at Roca. You right, know, you so you already knew. This and stuff. I, I had him there who knew my experiences. Right. Um, so, but like, I was coming in with a different mentality now. I was like, all right, I need to know how to be good at being a manager. That's right. that's that's really important. But I still wanted to be a bartender, so it was like. It was that role where you know, I was still taking bar shifts and right. you know still uh, overseeing the program, making the cocktail menu. So we did. We were doing that. Uh, you know, I actually made it to two years there. Right. That was that was that was cool. You know, I grew a lot in my time there as a manager. Because you were doing the and wine list too. There, yeah, you were doing. We, we were working on everything, and I got fully immersed into uh, you know into the program you know, right. from top to bottom. Because uh, you know because. One of my best friends is the food and beverage director, so right. being able to collaborate on stuff was was really fun. Right. Um, so at uh, at the end of uh, about a year and a half into it, um, you know, 
once again, looping back to social media, which, you know, like, I, I can't stress enough, like, what social media has turned this world into. It's turned into such a small You have place. access to everybody. You have access yeah. to everybody. So, right. like, for you to say that, like, you know, you, you can't because of lack of opportunity is bullshit these days. Right. You gotta just get up and get you, it. Like, you don't have to even get up, man. Yeah. Like, pull your phone out of your yeah, pocket. Yeah, you can be in bed. Yeah, uh, literally. I was looking at I was looking at uh, uh, one of my social media pages. I think it was Facebook. Right. Um, I don't think cause I don't think Dushan uses Twitter. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it was Facebook. Uh, and he posted like this super vague uh, thing on Facebook, which I learned like this is what he does now. Wow. Um, he was just like, yeah, he was just like, uh, like, hey, we're opening a super cool project in. Uh, in New York City, you know, uh, need a beverage manager, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, you were like, and that was I was like, uh, uh, yeah. all right, yeah. I forgot what I was doing, right? But I literally just stopped. Dro- I dropped, yeah. I dropped everything, um, and then I just went and like, cl- like put out, like put out my resume, typed it up, like uh, right. typed a cover letter. At this point, your resume game was a little bit better than the first uh, time. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a, uh, you know, because I was working with uh, with Jr. It's a joke, and, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You're ready for it this time. I was, I was yeah, super all, ready. Yeah, I was super ready. Um, so I, I, I typed it up. Uh, you know, took me about an hour, right? Two hours to put it together, and then I sent it out to boom to shotsarge at gmail dot com. Boom. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't be pronouncing that. Yeah, you know, that's the, the fastest speed of the internet. The uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I, I sent it. I sent it out. I was like, all right, well, that's that. See what happens. Ten minutes later, I get a no call. I get a call from L- I get a call from an LA number. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then uh, did you have a feeling like this is re- it was related? No, or I, or you were like, I, I was like, I, who is this? Yeah. Uh, maybe I actually I I don't think I even correlated in my head. But right. I was, and I, I answered it. I was like, hello, and he's like, he's like Kyle, this is Dushan. And like I was like. <laughs> What? <laughs> and he's just like, hey, it was like, he was like super quick. He's like, hey, yeah. I, I can't really talk for long, but I just got your email. Like, you, thank you so much for responding so quickly. You know, I really appreciate that level of tenacity. Right. Um, oh, so but, he just put that up on Facebook. Yeah, dude, it was like, like you, he put it up. Like he put a, he put it up like three hours ago. You were like, boom. Yeah, and I I, I sent it to him within like you know a, a three four hour time slot right. of him posting it. Right. I sent him my resume, right. cover letter, everything, everything, the package. Yeah, everything. And he's like, I don't have a lot of time to talk right now, but, you know, like, I, I really like your uh, your resume and, you know, like, I really like, you know, where you come from. And right. We should definitely, we should definitely talk more. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, bye. Right. <laughs> that was it. And I was just like. Drive by. He didn't even say, he didn't say when he was going to call me yeah. back. He was just like, but, yeah, I'll be in touch. <laughs> bye. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I told you guys about this yeah. when, it, when it happened. Um, and then he calls me again. Uh. A week later, pretty much the same thing, just right. not really saying anything. Um, and then he sent me a cut, like uh, two emails back and forth, talking more about the project, this and that. Uh, and then the next time he called me was, uh, you know, it was it was a, about a thirty minute phone call, an yeah. hour. Um, the way he interviews people is, is really cool because you know he wasn't he wasn't asking about like my technical skills because that's what your resume is. Right. It's like, oh, you've worked here, you've done this, like. You better you be, clearly you know be, how to bartend. You better, you better be able to bartend. You better be able <laughs> right, to, waste my to, time manage, at this to level. manage a business. Yeah. yeah. You better be able to uh, to read a freaking PL statement when right. it's put in front of you. Right. Um, but he was just asking, like, you know, by my personal life, like, uh, you know, what are, what are my hobbies? What are my dreams? What are my aspirations? What are, wow. what are you know, what do you, 
what are you into? Um, you know, do you read? What kind of books do you read? Right. Like, dude, this is. This really is, want to know his person is, if he's going to work. This is out there. Yeah, it's like right. you know, like and, and I literally like find like this is how he builds like these really tight, tight teams. Right. You know, because he, he's built it out of people that like all like have very similar mentalities. Right. All like you know are very driven. Um, so, so he yeah, has a, already we, a culture that he yeah exactly. Find. So like after that first phone call, uh, you know, it was really good, and then we just kept you know doing calls every couple of weeks, emails. Um, there wasn't really anything. Uh, we, we were just talking. We were just right. talking about the project, and he was like asking me my ideas. Like I'm pretty, I, I was pretty sure that like he was still like kind of going through like an interview phase. Right. Uh, so we did this for you know shit almost like two three months right. of back and forth. Were there other people in talking Sue at this time? Are you? Thinking? I didn't talk to anybody, man. No, I mean, was, was he talking to other people too? Or I, were, you don't, I don't know, man. Right. I didn't ask. Right. You I just, didn't ask. Right. I didn't know how, what other candidates there were. Right. Um, but we just kept talking, and then after a couple of months, um, like the conversation started to become like basically like, I have the job, and it's like, all right, well, this is what we gotta do, this yeah. is and then I just stopped in the middle of the conversation, and like, wait, am I hired? And he, and he's just like, yeah, dude, do you want to be a part of this project? And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. So I was like, so it's official, like, and he's like, well, it's not really official. I, you gotta talk to the, um, you gotta talk to the owner of the company, and this right. and that. But you know, when we talked to the owner of the company, he didn't really ask me. He, the owner had already assumed that like Dushan had picked me and hired right. me. So he's like, "All right, cool. This is what we gotta do." This and that. And I was Boom. like, "All right, cool." He's like, "When can you? When's the first day you could be out here?" This and that. I was like, "All right, well, let's start planning this out." Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, let me figure out when my when my lease is up. Um, yeah, and that happened. And that was it. Yeah, and then we, I landed in New York and. We got to work literally the next morning I got there. Uh, I landed. And how was that setting up, like, that program? Like, It was intense because, right. you know, I, I had really never done anything of that magnitude. But, you know, I had enough systems in place that I knew how a bar should run. Right. You know, like, a, a lot of it was things that I had learned, things that I, I had uh, created on my own. Uh, there was definitely a lot of, uh, you know, learning to be done with this opening and, you know, the amount that I've grown over this last year has been more than you know all of my years of right. bartending combined. The the growth from this last year has been amazing, uh, but you have to recover quickly. You know, like every single little detail requires your attention. Right, because um, you like I remember you saying like you had to redo the whole menu by yourself more or less, right? Um, no, not necessarily. So or did, it was something wrong with the printer, and then like you just fig- you guys figured out like, all right, we're just gonna knock it out. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were going. Th- we opened a-, a little bit earlier than anticipated, so yeah. the menu wasn't where we wanted to be. So we didn't have the luxury of uh, you know opening with this really awesome menu that we wanted. Uh, you know, there was there was a few filler cocktails in there, but right. it it was fine. You know, we the one thing I did like about the way we opened. Uh, was it was a very soft opening. There wasn't a lot of press behind it. Right. Uh, there wasn't this huge grand opening. Because once you have this huge grand opening, you can never take that back. Right. You know, this huge opening party. So you know we didn't really have any signs out. Like it was just this this co- like building on the corner right. attached to the Hyatt Union Square. Its windows were taped up. You know we're in the corner of Thirteenth uh, and Fourth Avenue. People were walking by. It's like. I don't really know what's going right. on here until the very last day like it, everything came together inside and then you know once the once the tape came down you know the 
Library of Distilled Spirits banner went, a plaque went outside. Wow. That was kind of it. We just opened our doors one day. Yeah. And you were open. Like, <laughs> and hey, we're open. So, hey, we're, we're open. We're open. And then, you know, like, uh, people in the neighborhood started started walking in. It was really slow for the first right. couple of weeks. But what was it, So what was the, the temperature like in New York at the time? What month was it? Because... Uh, when we opened, no, when we opened, it was, it was April, so, so it was, it was pretty warm, right? right? So people yeah, were walking yeah. around stuff, yeah, yeah. people were walking around, it was, it was good, uh, it was a nice time to, to open, but, yeah. it, you know, we weren't super busy, right, uh, but it gave us time to, you know, to work on R&D, right. um, which, like I said, uh, I, tr- I try to never do, uh, any kind of R&D during service, because, you know, right. it distracts from service to your guests, right, um, so me and uh, my principal bartender, uh, Federico, right. you met him, uh, we would work from t- uh, like opening the bar at 2 p.m. till 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, you know, we'd close at 2 a.m., so you know, it was slow enough that we'd, basically be break, we'd, we'd be able to break down uh, and be done by 2.30. We left one station open, and that's where we did all of our R&D. You know, we, during... Like when we were at home, we would just jot down ideas. A second here and there, we'd, that's all we would do is like yeah. just jot down ideas, and then you know we we would talk about the one thing we did do is like we talk about it, but we try to not actually ever make drinks because you know if you have a guest sitting in front of you, right? Because they're gonna want to taste it. Like, and it's not ready it. yet. Yeah, and it's like no, like right. I want like I want to put out perfect, yeah. the best. Uh, so you don't want to even like tease guests with that. Like oh, I have this idea, this right. and that. Um, so we try to keep everything quiet. We we talk about ideas for ourselves, and you know talk about structures, talk about flavor profiles that we would, that we wanted to do, right. you know, and we would always talk about, like, how could we make this crazier, how could we make this better? So how you're building the identity it? of the bar. Yeah, the exactly, we were, we're, we're trying to figure out, like, uh, you know, the, the flavor profile, like, right. everything, every bar. Were you working with the kitchen at the time, or was it just, just cocktails, right? It was, was just cocktails, right, yeah. there was no food, so you had the, I mean, no, no, we, yeah, we had, we had a kitchen, but right. they, they worked pretty independently from right. us, um, but we had uh, full access to everything there. You know, the, the culinary team was really gracious. Right. Um, we had a full-time prep person, which, you know, that was a game wow, changer. That's huge, yeah. You, know, you have somebody that works uh, so you did all five your days juices a week, stuff for you? fresh juice every right. single day. All of your garnish, like what I used to do, all right. your garnishes are cut for you every wow, day. that's huge. When you start, uh, all my syrups, all my infusions, everything. Your syrup, so you would give them the specs and they would just knock it uh-huh. out? Wow. Yeah, no, I had I had an awesome prep person. Right. Her name was Mary. Uh, you know, like you had to teach you had to teach her the recipes. You know, right. she wasn't a cocktail; she didn't even drink. Right. Um, but you know, like you give her the recipes, you teach her how to do it. Um, you know, she she'd worked in the kitchen her whole life, so right. it was like it's not like she Easy. didn't understand how to do stuff. She's like, all right. Yeah, because right now uh, at the bar I work at Double Standard, we come Wednesday, show up on Wednesdays, and yeah, we you do commissary we do all our syrups, and that takes from like twelve. 12 to 4 o'clock, guaranteed. That's once a week? Once a week, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely... And then a few days sprinkled in, whatever needs to get filled <clears> up, but that's the day that we're all there. So I hats off to Mary. Yeah. To, to knock that out, because that's hard yeah, work. I mean, yeah. but the fact that we had somebody there working, uh, like, a six-hour shift, five, seven-hour shift, five days a week, you know, there's a lot you could do. You know, lot, like, yeah. To, Clears up a lot of space, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, to juice for the, for the two bars that we had... Uh, you know, probably take her an hour or two hours to do all the juices every day, and that right. gives well another five six hours uh, to do stuff. So you know, yeah. that's that's where we were able to get really creative. Um, so we we're like, how 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 intense can we make uh, these cocktails in terms of like layering flavors? I was like, I think that's where we wanted to go. Um, we we wanted to make drinks that were 
number one, absolutely delicious. And right. like, I, I didn't want to make complexity for complexity's sake just to say we use these ingredients or techniques unnecessarily. Right. Um, but the one thing that uh, uh, we agreed upon on the style of drinks that we were making is complexity. You know, like uh, right. Coming from a, a wine background, to me, like a, a good wine is one that has more than one or two notes. Right. You know, something that, that makes you think from beginning to end all the way through, top right. to bottom, you know, structure, uh, flavor, uh, you know, acidity, everything, body, yeah. everything, everything that had aromas especially. Right. You know, so we were like, we need to layer it on in a way that it makes sense, that nothing is fighting each other, that everything lives in harmony. Uh, Where were you sourcing your stuff? So were you, were you working with the kitchen that had stuff, or did you go to the farmer's markets did, in New York? Or you, did like, you go? The, both, both. Right. Um, because the concept of the uh, restaurant that was attached uh, uh, right next to the library right. was uh, a very uh, farmer's market-driven uh, restaurant. So like, the executive chef was really good friends with you know, a lot of the uh, farmers in the New York area. So right. he, had, he had developed all these relationships over the years. And it was focused on you know, using the absolute best produce that we can get you know, for a restaurant that was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say casual, but it was... Uh, it was a lot lower of a price point than what it should have been with the quality right. produce that it was using. Uh, so we had access to that. I also had the Union Square Farmer's Market, wow. you know, a block away that it was there two days a week. I also had uh, Calustians, which is, dude. Swing that. So, so it's uh, it's this grocery store in Midtown uh, in Manhattan. Right. It's this Indian spice market. Okay. Um, okay. But it is... For what we do, right. it is the coolest store you'll ever walk into. You know, you walk in and it's just floor to ceiling, you know, dried spices. Right. Uh, so the smell when you walk in, the smells like dude, it's like it's there's it's like so much going on. Right. Your, right. your head just snapping left and right. Like what's yeah. this? Like what's it? what are these dried flowers? I've never heard right. of this before. So you know, having that, we played with. We had a lot to play with. Uh, you know, we had another uh, distributor called SOS Chefs that you know provided us really cool stuff. And yeah, I mean, the farmer's market was the best nope. place for... So for you got your produce. identity, you got your stuff. Yeah, and so, so you, then, would... you know, once we started, once we started, you know, working well together, uh, you know, making cocktails and like, all right, that, that cocktail is awesome. Right. Let's put it on the menu. We started to develop this style of, of how we build drinks right. uh, and how we, uh, you know, work through, you know, developing a cocktail. And before we knew it, we had 30 dope cocktails. Right. Like every single one we were Bangers. extremely proud of, you know, yeah. we weren't just putting cocktails out to put them out, you know, we were, we spent a lot of time and effort and focus and you know money to right. produce these cocktails, you know, because we weren't scra- if we had an idea that we really loved, right. we didn't scrap it. You know, right. Like I was like, oh, it doesn't work. Like no, we're gonna you get to the end. We're gonna it. we're gonna kill ourselves right. to make this combination work. You know, like you, you make one cocktail, it didn't work. All right, we're gonna tweak this by a half a teaspoon, right. and you'd make it again and again and again. Like you know, think about how much that right. is, and you know, before you knew it, you know to make one cocktail, you know, you just spend a few hundred dollars worth of ingredients and you did that for a whole menu. Yeah. So that's, that's investment that a business has to really, you know, support to do that kind of uh, level of execution. And so you had that, but so to even come full circle, so you probably had to go through an interview process of bringing people into that system. So you have all these cocktails. What was your training like training new people? Did you have bartenders that had previous experience where you have people that were bar bags and the bar want to become bartenders like how was your first team like i mean we had a we had a little bit of both so we hired a full team of uh 
of bartenders. We've hired a full team of apprentices. Uh, you know, as with any opening, right. we, we lost some staff. You know, we were, the first couple of weeks, uh, you're not making a whole lot of money. It's, right. you know, it's a natural part of opening. You kind of right. have to uh, get through it. Get through it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we lost a lot of people throughout the way. Um, but the ones that did decide to stay uh, was were the ones that I think you know really benefited, right. you know, because sure, like they they ate it for uh, for a couple of weeks, like a right. month or two of not making money. Um, but you know, the way that they're working now, the knowledge that they've gained, you know, I think is pushed through it. They they really pushed through, it and it's you know they're happier than ever. You know? Right. Um, yeah. So. Once we got a cocktail menu out, it's just you know, teaching these guys how, how to, to do it. How to do it. So yeah. how did you go through that? So the experience like you had coming up, like did you see like people making the same mistakes you made, or were you kind of like what type of teacher were you? Like how did you convey what you wanted from people? Like how did you get the best out of people? I I feel like I've had different types of coaches and teachers in my life, and right. I, I think everybody learns a different way. And, you know, as a teacher, you know, there's different ways of teaching. Um, and you can't be something that you're not right. to try to, you know, like, oh, this, this person needs somebody who, you know, uh, who's an asshole of a teacher and will right. push them. This person needs, like, you know, a, a, a calmer, uh, you know, more like, soothing, like, you know. Push versus pull. Like, like, exactly. Like, like, there's yeah. different ways. And, like, you have to know what works for you and what right. doesn't. And, you know. I've never really been the kind of person like I I've, I had tried to in the past as a manager like I I had my different phases of just trying different things right. out as a manager of like pushing people being aggressive right. you know emulating different management styles that I had seen until I settled on uh, this style that I kind of do now which is just you know, I treat people like people right you know? like exactly I, like everybody has uh, a different way and if it doesn't work for then it then it doesn't work, work. You know? like if they're uh, if they're not gonna learn uh, through the way I, I teach I don't know like I'm, I, I do my absolute best to try to learn right. what works for them um, but the one way I do know how to do it is you know I do by showing and, right. and we learn by repetition right um, I, don't, I, don't, I feel like in, in bartending um, sure some people might learn better by reading but this is a this is a doer's job, right? Right. So, you know, we were, we made a lot of cocktails, uh, right? Constantly, over and over again, and like every every single movement was uh, scrutinized. Uh, you know, we would watch them for months, every single movement, and this takes a lot of investment, right? Uh, that I think, uh, but the same amount of energy you do. put into the program, you kind of expected from the people that you were going to work with, right? So yeah, I mean, uh, not only are you just are you building this great place. For people to work at, that they're proud to, you know, to have like this cocktail menu to show right. off. That you know, there's 1,200 spirits on the wall. Right. Uh, there's this like really thick tome with all these with 150 cocktails. Right. <laughs> you need somebody to work that. Right. Um. So the first thing that uh, I think a bartender has to learn is how to move. Right. You know, like all that, all that other stuff comes later. All that, like. You know, I can't expect them to like. All right, here's you know, fifteen cocktail books and wine books right. and beer books. I need you to memorize all this in the next two weeks. Good no. luck. But no, but, it work, like that. work but work your system that you've have in place. Exactly. Right. You know, like over time they can learn those things. Um, but what we could, t- what we can teach them is, you know, all right, here's your station. Here's how it's set up. Here's the logic behind 
why it's set up. Right. Get comfortable with it. Yeah, because this yeah. is your home. Deal this with is it. your home. Yeah. Feel comfortable with it. Yeah, keep it, it clean. Yeah. yeah, right. These are your two jiggers. You know, your uh, right. Your your half ounce, your three quarter, and then your uh, your two ounce, one ounce. Get comfortable with right. those. You because know, that's where you're gonna use. Because that's how we're gonna work. Right. You know, like, uh, yeah, you've never you've never worked with two jiggers at once before. You're gonna learn. Right. You know? it's funny, we lost a couple of bartenders over that wow. one thing. Um, it was just it was just a disagreement, and we really believe that um, you know, this is this is the best way to work. A lot of people will disagree with me on that. Uh, you know, I don't really care. I'm not right. here to <laughs> debate that fact. Right. But in our bars, uh, you know, well, that's, because it's, that's it, what it, we did. It's what you were trying to. It's the program that you put forth, and that's exactly. what you, the energy you you needed from the program. Yeah. But you're about to start something else now too, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm moving to LA right now to open employees only with Dushan. Wow. Yeah. So have you seen the space? Like, have no, you... I'm actually going to go see it for the first time tomorrow. Wow. And that's why I flew out to the West Coast. Right. Stopped out here for uh, three days to see friends and family. Right. Before I fly out in the morning. What's the What's the plans on that? Like, when's you're just going to check it out? The space is already taken. The space is under construction right, right. now. Um, it should be done uh, in the next few weeks. Right. And you know, we have work to do right now. You know, wow. We're working on finalizing menus. Uh, right. Working on everything. It's going to be pretty rad. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, we had you here for about an hour and a half, which is a pretty good, decent podcast. I All learned right. a, a lot from you. Thank you. Um, and I can't wait to follow up. And it's funny that we're holding these little microphones because uh, they didn't have any clip-on lapels for the ones that we'll, are watching We'll it. upgrade equipment next we'll time. We'll go right? to upgrade equipment. But, Kyle, I can't thank you enough, and it was yeah, super absolutely. awesome learning your story. Dude, thank you. Yeah. So that's episode one, guys. Thank you for listening and watching. All right. Yeah, that was great. Cool. Wow, dude. We did that. All right. <clears throat> I think you just got to have, uh, like, locked in is the intros. Right. <laughs> well, so the intro, I'm, I'm going to do, uh, how do I do this right? I'm going to hit. Oh, you're going to have a pre-recorded intro for right. everything. Right, and, and close, and then, like, the whole thing. I want to close this the right way because I don't want to lose this. I think I'm just going to hit record.